Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Chapter 4, and we'll read verses 1 through 8. First Thessalonians 4, and we'll read verses 1 through 8. Uh, the book of First Thessalonians. And the thing about preaching all the way through a book in the Bible, rather than just picking and choosing, which I really like to do, but the thing about preaching all the way through a book is that you have to preach on scriptures you don't want to preach on. You have to deal with the difficult passages. You have to deal with those passages that you would rather not deal with. And, and by the way, I recommend that to you when, in your Bible reading. Don't just pick and choose. Go through an entire book. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to a book and then read all the way through that book. And so today's message... Is, uh, well, let me, sometimes the Bible is like a bad dose of medicine. Have you ever had to take a bad dose of medicine? Yeah. In the house I grew up in, we were afraid to cough at night. (laughs) Because my mom would not allow you to keep her up, and she would come in, and trust me, it was a bad dose of medicine that we had to take. And uh, sometimes the Bible is like a bad dose of medicine. You don't want to take it. You don't want to receive it. It doesn't taste good. But it is necessary in order to bring about healing. Yeah. And, And so... That's kind of my way of telling you this just could be a bad dose of medicine today. And uh, so, uh, and I tell you, there's a couple things I've learned about a bad dose of medicine. And that is that don't take any more than you have to. And take it as quickly as you possibly can, right? I mean, just go ahead and do it. And so, uh, that's what we'll do this morning. And since I'm a little bit apprehensive about doing preaching this message, Brother Al Terrell is going to come up here and take a mic, and he's going to pray for me. Come on up here, brother. Now, I don't want you to hold back like you normally do. (laughs) Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time, God. 
God, through the stirring of your spirit, God, by your power, Lord, by your glory, Lord. We need you, Lord. Lord, we need new mercies, God. Lord, we need fresh rain on today, God. Lord, it's very important in this hour, Lord, in this time, Lord, that we receive your word, Lord, with instruction, Lord God, where we can heed, Lord God, where we can humble ourselves, Lord God. We can take on a new pattern, Lord God. Because, God, where we headed, Lord, right now in this world, Lord, so much destruction, God, so much, Lord God, hypocrisy, God. Lord, we need fresh rain, Lord. We need a latter-day rain, Lord. We need your strengthening, Lord. We need your power, Lord. Now strengthen the man of God, Lord. Strengthen him, God, from on high, Lord God. He needs your presence, oh God. Let his lips be ushered, Lord God, by your words, Lord. Fresh from the throne room, Lord God. And Lord, let him edify. Let him tear down, Lord God. And let him build up your people on today, Lord. Now open up our ears, Lord. So we can hear your voice clearly, Lord God. And, Lord, when we hear you, Lord God, we will not be hesitant, Lord. But, Lord God, we'll faithfully, Lord God, submit ourselves to you, Lord. We'll repent if we have to repent, Lord God. Lord, we'll make the changes we have to make, Lord God. But, Lord, we're going to heed to your voice, Lord. And, Lord God, we're going to live the rest of our days out, Lord God, following after thee. Now, Lord, let your sovereign Holy Spirit rest in this place, Lord. Anything that's not like you has to get out now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, today we're proclaiming we'll be forever changed in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, my brother. You should have your Bibles open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'll begin reading in verse 1. We'll read through verse 8. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is? Listen up. For this is the will of God, your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. What matter? The matter of immorality. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Now, I want to preface my comments by saying, as I preach through this message... If you are absolutely sure that this message does not apply to you individually, then I want you to be praying for me, and I want you to be absolutely sure that there are those under the sound of my voice who need this message. This passage is calling us to live holy lives. 
And we are told that it is God's will for us to live holy lives. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification. The word sanctification is used twice in the text. The word sanctification means to go through purification. It means to be cleansed. It means to be made holy. It means to be set apart for the work and the use of our Lord. He uses that word twice. And then, to really get specific, he says, we, and I want to tell you, he is talking to Christians. He's talking to the church. We are told to abstain from sexual immorality. And that word in the Greek is the word porneai, from which we get our word pornography. But if you look it up and study it, it is a reference to all types of sexual sin. Anything that has to do with sexual sin is covered under this Greek word pornei. Now, we're also told that each one of us as Christians, as children of the Lord, we are to know how to possess our own vessels in sanctification and honor. And that means that you and I are not to just come to Jesus for forgiveness and to be washed in the blood, but we are to learn how to possess and to keep our own bodies clean in a world that's filthy and ugly and unclean. And then we're told not to live in passion and lust like those who do not know God. And in the middle of all of this, we're told... That this pure, holy lifestyle is God's will for our lives. Now friends, I've read this passage dozens of times getting ready for today. And there's no way you can change that. God's calling on His people to be holy. He's calling on His people to be sanctified. He's calling upon His people to be purified. He's calling on His people to stop compromising with the world and start living like a world that does not know Him. And one of the problems with the church today is we look so much like the world, we don't have a message to give the world. And that's what this message is doing. Now, I could stay there for a while, but I want to get to the bad dose of medicine. And actually, there are three doses. You're just going to get one dose this morning. Be very quick. But in this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul gives the Thessalonian church three reasons why we as Christians have to stay away from sexual sin. It's right in the text. I'll point them out to you. Three reasons why we have to stay away from sexual sin. You'll get the first one this morning. And then we'll look at the rest later. Here it is. Here's the first one. God is the punisher of those who commit sexual sin. You heard me right. God is the punisher of those who commit sexual sin. Look at verse 6. That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother. Some translations say brother or sister. In this matter. In what matter? This matter of sexual immorality. That no one should take advantage or defraud his brother in this matter. 
Why? Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. Now, here's the thing about sexual sin. And that is that sexual sin is a sin that we commit against our own bodies, as another passage of Scripture tells us. But it's worse than that. You see, any time a person commits sexual sin, they're sinning against other people. They're sinning against brothers and sisters when they commit sexual sin. Any time a person commits sexual sin, they are defrauding and cheating and hurting other people. And sometimes it's innocent people that are getting hurt. And, and this passage of Scripture tells us that God does not want us defrauding and hurting other people by living in unholiness and immorality. One more time, when a person commits sexual sin, it always hurts others. It always hurts others. It could be a little child that's being defrauded with a parent who's living in sin who should be giving a godly example for that child, and that child is defrauded of a godly childhood because a parent is living in sin. How tragic. It could be a teenager that somebody's taking advantage of for their own selfish pleasure. It could be a a faithful husband or wife who's married to somebody who's unfaithful with their eyes and with their heart and with their actions. And thus a marriage that God meant to be holy has been defrauded. You see, you see, friends, it just goes, and all, goes on and on. Even the use of pornography defrauds people. The use of pornography is to support an industry that destroys lives. It destroys homes. It destroys marriages. Don't just say, it's you. Oh, it it does a number on you personally, but I want you to know pornography destroys a lot of people all around you. Now, we could go on, and I thought about many, many different ways to look at this, but friends, you can turn this thing any way you want to. When a person commits sexual sin, others are cheated, defrauded, and hurt because of your behavior. And I think that applies in any situation, but especially as a child of God. It just makes it worse. And I want you to know that when you defraud someone else by living an immoral life, God does not take kindly to that. Let's look at the latter part of it. That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. Now, now, friends, what you have to understand with this is the word avenger here. You can look it up for yourself. It means God is the one who is the punisher. That, that's what the, the Strong's Exhaustive uh, Dictionary says. That God is the punisher. Why should we as Christians stay away from sexual sin? Because God is the punisher. Uh, one definition says, He is the one who executes the penalty. 
Oh, friends, it's probably been a long time since you heard a message, if ever, on God being the judge and God being the punisher of those who disobey him. It breaks my heart to say what I'm about to say, but I don't think we have the stomach for the truth anymore. We don't have the stomach for the truth of God's word. And so what we do is we sing and we preach and we teach about all the good, nice, sweet, fluffy stuff in the Scripture. Then we've forgotten about much of what God's Word says about Him being a God who chastises. Him being a God who punishes. Him being a God who calls us to account for the way we live. That God's wrath falls upon sinners. Oh, friends, we don't like that. We've recreated God in our own likeness and in our own American concept. But I want to tell you, you can't recreate God. He is who He is. And He is what this Bible says about Him. And the Bible says it is written to the Thessalonian church. And you and I are reading it and studying it today. But God says to the Thessalonian church, you have to stay away from sexual sin Because God himself is the punisher. He is the avenger. He is the one who will exact the penalty if you do not receive this warning. Now, this passage clearly tells us to stay away from sexual sin. Because it defrauds our brothers and sisters. Now friends, don't just think about it this way. Don't think about the fact That if a person commits sexual sin, that if they're committing sexual sin with a brother or sister, it defrauds them. Oh no. When one person in this house goes out into the world and commits sexual sin, they defraud every one of us. They bring a dark cloud over the entire fellowship. It is a bad testimony. We are not to do this. It's clear. Stay away from sexual sin. Why? Because it defrauds your brothers and sisters. And by the way, you and I should be in the business of delivering people, not defrauding them. We should be in the business of helping them. We should be showing them the holy way, the right way. Not defrauding them. And this passage of Scripture says when we defraud others, By sexual immorality. God is the judge. God is the punisher. God is the one who steps in and exacts the penalty. I told you you wouldn't like this message. Didn't I? See, that's what's going on. Isn't it time if we really believe God's word... Isn't it time that we sound the warning from the pulpits, from our teaching with our children? Isn't it time that we sound a warning and that we testify? Isn't it time that we remind people that we serve a holy God who punishes sin and sexual sin? Now, just in case you think I've gone overboard, let me read... A passage of scripture 
another passage of scripture. This is Ephesians 5, 3 through 7. Here it is. But fornication... And by the way, that's the same word used in the Thessalonian letter. It's porneia. It's a reference to all sexual sin. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Don't let it be named among you. This is a sin that the church should be free of. Uh, the, The NIV says there shouldn't be a hint of sexual immorality in the house of God. Now listen up. Because I'm going to tell you what I'm about to share with you in these next few verses may save your life. It may save the lives of your children. It may save the lives of family members. Please hear me. But fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know. For this you know. That no fornicator, there the word is again, pornea, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. One more time. No fornicator, no person who practices pornea, sexual sin, no fornicator has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. You you say, Pastor, what does that mean? It means exactly what it says. That if there is fornication, pornea, sexual sin in your life, you will not inherit the kingdom of our God. You say, well, Pastor, I'm just not sure that fits in with my theology. Well, I just don't care. It's not my job to preach something that conforms with your theology. It's my job to stand before you and say, Thus saith the Lord. And God says that if there's fornication in your life, you will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, just in case that's not clear enough for you, let's look at verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. There's a lot of deception. There always has been from the beginning. And I want you to know that our young people are are hearing deceptive words. I pray with all my heart they're not buying it. Adults are receiving deceptive words. Families are receiving deceptive words. By the way, if you're listening to Hollywood, you are receiving deceptive words. Hollywood that's in a love affair with everything that's perverted and ungodly is selling that to you and to me. And if we're listening to it, if we're watching it, then we are hearing deceptive words. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, what things? Fornication, sexual sin, these other things. Because of these things, and I want you to read this with me, just so you'll know I'm not going too far with this. We'll start with the word, the... The wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Wow. So, what do we say to these things? Here's what we should do. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. 
Wow. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? You say, Pastor, why are you going off on such a tangent? Is there a message in America that's needed more than this one right now? Tell me, is there a message that's needed more? I don't know about you, but I want revival. We'll talk about this more next week. But I want revival. I want a move of God. I want a stirring. But I can tell you, until there is a cleansing and a sanctification in the house of God, we won't see anything that matters. Oh my goodness. Both passages of Scripture that I've shared with you, the Thessalonian passage and the Ephesian passage, both say the same thing. God will punish those who live in sexual sin. So I want to ask you a question. Do you want the blessings of God on your life? Or the wrath of God on your life? You say, oh preacher, somebody told me a long time ago, if I'd ask Jesus to come in my heart, nothing I ever do would matter. I could live any way I want to live. I can do anything I want to do. It's all under grace, all under mercy. I don't have to worry about a thing. You got sold a bill of goods, friends. I want you to know I stand before you today as the son of Frank Jones. And my daddy loved me. And I experienced his wrath from time to time. And I can tell you if your father loves you. You will experience His wrath. You say, oh, God would not pour His wrath out on us. Friends, don't deal with semantics with me. I want you to know that God will not tolerate this. If you're a child of God, you better heed this message. Do you want the blessings of God on your life or the wrath of God on your life? Both passages say the same thing. A few years ago, maybe it hadn't been that long, I don't know. We had a young couple in this church. And I'm going to tell you, the first day I met this young couple, I just fell in love with them. Just absolutely beautiful. Still love them to this day. They're amazing. But they came forward. They were living together, not married. They even had a couple of children. And they came forward. We stood right here at the front of the church. And they said, Pastor, we need a miracle. We need a miracle. And I got to tell you, I just loved him. I loved him. I understand when Jesus looked at the rich young ruler and, and just loved him. I, I loved him. And they said, Pastor, will you pray for us? We need a miracle. Absolutely. Absolutely, I'll pray for you. And by the way, I've, they're not here, but they have family members that are here, and I've already contacted them. They know I'm telling their story. And I began to pray for God to perform a miracle. And the moment I started praying, God started talking to me. Did you know that sometimes God can speak to you and it can be so loud that you can't even hear your own voice? And I was getting confused. I was actually embarrassing myself because the words, the way I was praying just didn't make a lot of sense. But the voice of God was so strong that I finally just quit praying. And here's what God said to me. The Lord said to me, I want you to ask them a question. Here's the question I want you to ask them. Why should I hear their prayer when they will not hear my instructions? I stopped praying. I didn't want to embarrass some other people around and I called them off to the side. We stood right over here. 
I said, God has a question for you. And you're going to need to answer this question. Why would God hear your prayer when you refuse to hear his instructions? They could have gotten mad with me, but they didn't. They could have gotten angry and run out of the church, never to come back, but they didn't. They could have tried to explain to me how their situation was a special case and God understood. But they didn't. What they said was, Pastor, what do we do? I said, listen to the Lord. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Do you love each other? Y'all, you're living together as husband and wife. What's the problem? Why won't you obey God? They said, what do we do? I said, get married. They got married. And they got their miracle. You see, God's not a bad God. He don't want to beat you up. But they got their miracle. Friends, listen. God does not want to punish you. That's not his desire. I could take you to a a dozen scriptures that says God doesn't want to do this. God would much rather deliver you. He would much rather separate you from your sin. He would much rather sanctify you and take you through cleansing and get that out of your life. He would much rather do that than to punish you. But listen to me today, friends. If you have sexual sin in your life, And you refuse to come out of that sexual sin. God will punish you. And the strongest word I got from the Holy Spirit as I was preparing this message is this. Tell them. This is what I got from the Spirit. Tell them. God is no respecter of persons. And there are no special cases that make it all right. There are no special circumstances that makes it okay. None whatsoever. Now here's the good news for you. And by the way, you can breathe because this bad dose of medicine is almost over. Here's the good news for you. You ready for this, friends? The God who will judge you and punishes you and punish you wants to forgive you and cleanse you and sanctify you so he doesn't have to judge you and punish you yeah. one more time you need to get this the god who will judge you and punish you wants to forgive you and cleanse you And bless you so that he doesn't have to judge you and punish you. It's all through the Bible. Isaiah 118, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Bible is saying if you're completely sin-stained, and you'll come, the Lord will cleanse you. The Lord wants to separate us from our sins. Same truth is taught in the New Testament. 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and say it with me, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, by the way, what is the likelihood that there's an adult in this house this morning who has never committed one sexual sin in your life? Probably not high, is it? It's probably not high. You know why? Because we're all sinners. And by the way, I want to say something to you, friends. Watching homosexuals on television, watching heterosexuals on television crawling in bed together, even if there's no nudity. You can't feast on something that God says is sacred and holy and put it into your entertainment and feed on it and it not be sexual sin. You may not have ever crawled in bed with somebody that wasn't your husband or wife. You may never have committed adultery. But if you're entertaining yourself with the filth of the world, you're guilty of sexual immorality. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. See, that's what God wants us to do. And you know what the Bible says is when we repent, when we repent, it is a wonderful, beautiful thing. Here it is. Psalm 103, verse 12. For as far as the east is from the west. Which way is east? East is from the west. So far has He removed our sins from us. Wow, how far is the east is? Is the east from the west? I don't know. Eternity. Whoo, I love it. And then Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins. And listen to this. And their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Oh my goodness. You know what God says? If we'll let Him, He'll sanctify us. If we let Him, He'll cleanse us. And not only that, all that filthy stuff that's been in our lives, He'll move it an eternity away from us, and He won't even remember it. I'm just asking, isn't it time for the church to rise up and be the church? To be a holy, beautiful jewel before the Lord? Bow with me, please. You know, I've thought about this. For several days now. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.